Hey everybody, I'm Patrick. And I'm Matt. And we're, and we're almost, almost famous. famous. So, you know, I saw a tweet that you did yesterday or the day before. I don't remember. I checked it today, so it might have been today. That makes um, sense. But it was um, basically like how 10 years ago you were doing construction and then you started doing this because you realized that the longevity wasn't there when it comes to construction. Um, and that really resonated with me because I was not doing construction at the time, although I have done that. Um, I was doing something different and I had the same sort of thoughts that went through my head. And that's why I started doing this a decade or more ago. Um, yeah. So I, I just was curious um, a little more about sort of what that was like for you and how you made that transition, like um, how you went from being a dude that does construction to a dude that writes code. So it's kind of funny because I never really intended, I mean, there, I mean, I intended to become a developer, but the whole thing kind of is just a weird series of events. So I went to, I got into college for graphic design and then I got upset with the course because it, it was never going to do anything involving web design. And so I dropped the whole college program and then I thought I'm too smart for college anyway. <laughs> and this was my, you know, 21 year old attitude. So right, forgiveness please. But yes, uh, I was like, I should be in university and I should learn theoretical things. So I applied to the university uh, for psychology. And then I went to a semester of psychology, which was mostly philosophy classes, which I love anyway. So that happened. And then I needed a job for the summer. And I just started building decks for a, a local company. And I'm like, People pay decent money for this. I should just do this because I enjoy being physically active and working with my hands. Mm -hmm. um, and and that, that's pretty much how that happened because I never went back to school and I just got into doing renovation work for years. So how long my were dad, you in college for? Less than a year. Really? Oh, so you in like total. have... I, mean, I was in college for one month right. and then dropped out and then yeah. university for one semester and dropped out. Oh, that, that's all college to us. I don't know what that, I don't know what. There's, there is a difference in Canada. I mean, college gotcha. is more practical, generally. Practical, I, I'm using air quotes right now. Everyone. Right, sure. Um, but it's, <laughs> it, it's usually, like you'd go to, a, like trade schools would be all college-based. You wouldn't go to college Weird. necessarily for psychology. You'd go to university. It, they're very different methods I guess it's just stuff. the slang here. The slang here is like, if I went to a unit, like it's also, we don't call it going to university. Cause that's mm. like, like you also, I think you guys also say going to hospital, right? When you go to the mm. hospital, we use like a, do we use I the definite so. article? Yeah. yeah. But we say the same thing about the university. Cause it's not, it's not a thing. It's a place. Oh uh, yeah. Like no. It's not a, it's not a, um, it's not a state of being. Right. Uh, anyway. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But, yeah. but we use, you know, we use the word university and the word college, I think uh, pretty okay. much interchangeably, unless you're like specifically talking about like a community college or a state university. And then, you know, there's a difference, but yeah, I don't know how to define the difference in terms of what it would be. It's very distinctive here in Canada, yeah. but I don't know how to define that in terms of us 
counterparts. No, I, yeah, I think that we just, like, way. when we call, when we go, we talk about trade school, we just talk about trade school. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's different, but either yeah. way. So, anyway. uh, I, yeah, I was doing renovations for, for, I want to say four to five years, somewhere in there. And honestly, like it was fine work, but the pay was junk after I realized how much money you really need to live on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it had no growth. I worked with old guys who smoked like chimneys and nobody cared. And I, and I lost all the kind of thrill of it. And I, I had done a little bit of HTML in high school and played around with stuff, but I thought I was too stupid to be a developer. I just didn't because everybody talked about how you had to have all your maths and physics and stuff to do computer science. And I'm like, I'm not smart enough for that business. And, uh, and this is not an exaggeration and it dates me, but I don't care. Uh, the social network movie came out and I went to see it with my uh, girlfriend at the time. And I walked out of the theater and I'm like, I, I understood everything they talked about in that. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to figure out how to program. And I literally went and bought PHP for dummies and set up my crappy computer and just got the ball rolling. And, and it was like an old MacBook that I had, I think it's hard to remember. And I literally put together a website and built a forum as my, like, if I can write a forum, I can build anything on the internet. Mm -hmm. Hypothetically. I got the, uh, I posted an ad then on Kijiji which is like Craigslist in Canada. Okay. But not Craigslist. And so, so you don't have to like worry about, you don't have to bring a buddy. Eh, you still want to bring a buddy? So it is like Craigslist. <laughs> it's, it's a polished Craigslist. Let's put it that way. Oh, oh, the site it's, itself is yeah, not. Yeah, it's like more polished uh, visually. A, a, a dark web. Yeah, it's uh, not so scary. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, yeah, so I put out an ad on that and then a local marketing company reached out to me and was like, hey, you want to come for an interview? And I'm like, what? Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then it all exploded from there. But that's interesting. It's quite, what gets me about the whole process is that it's remarkable what people are capable of and what they don't realize they're capable of. and and that's across the board. Like I, I know developers who don't think that they're intelligent and stuff like that. Like you just, you hear people demean themselves so much and it's like, I get, I get the whole like be humble thing, but dream <laughs> like, come on. Okay. Okay. okay Shia. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're, you're absolutely right, though. I'm, I, the, I'll, so much of your story just resonates with me. It's like such a parallel, uh, parallel story. Um, so that's that's why I was interested because, like, right. I kind of went down the same path. And it's 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 funny too because when we met at Laricon, um, like, you're not as imposing a figure on video chat when like you're like you are the same like height. Over, you know, like over here, like you're the same height as I am right. in the, in the, in the view, in the viewfinder. Right. But uh viewfinder, what am I a hundred? <laughs> um, 
but when when I met you in person, you really right. made me feel like I was straight up Frodo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, but anyway, funny. no, it's it, I just thought, I thought it was interesting because I'm like, this dude did not like start with this. <laughs> you know, no. you didn't, it didn't seem like you started with uh, with this uh, line of work. No, I, I never thought I'd be a developer. I honestly, because my dad was a contractor, I thought I'd end up being a contractor my whole yeah. life. And I was fine with that. That didn't really phase me much. But then it was like, when you look at, like, let's be frank, the average uh, carpenter, let's call them, salary in Canada, I mean, you hit like 15 or more years, you're, you're maybe at 50 grand a year. Yeah. Maybe. And in some areas, I mean, that's a, that's a perfectly adequate amount of money. You know, I'm not trying to judge it or anything. I'm just saying that is there, there's a very hard cap and it's not that high. Um, I felt like if I got, if I developed my skills as a developer, there's a lot more room for growth than that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I was delivering plants at the time. I've done a lot of different stuff, but at the, at the specific time that I decided to become a developer, I was delivering plants um, in Florida from a plant farm. And it's kind of cool. I, I, that was like, I think that job hit me the strong, like hit me the hardest when it came to like the physic, the physicality of it. Mm. Um, because I, you know, I'm not, I'm a short dude, but I'm by no means a small dude. Um, and uh, I can do just about anything physical there is. My, my dad was a contractor too. And I grew up doing all that stuff in the summertime with him. I mean, I, yeah. I, I joke, like I jo- we, we used to joke, like I've had a job since I was nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Cause I used to work for him in the summertime. Um, and I just, I like, just kind of just like you, I'm like, I'm like, well, I guess I'll just be doing manual labor my whole life. Right. Um, because like, that's just what I know. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just, I got to a point where I had one job as a, as a fabricator. Um, that was a really fun job. That was probably aside from this, this was my, that was my favorite thing to do. I miss it now. Like I, uh, and yes. like we did a lot of custom fabrication. So that my boss actually, my, my, I should have called my, should have called my boss, my mentor. Um, like he used to be an Imagineer for 40 years. Yeah. And that's, that would, uh, yeah. I think and so, so like, cool to do. I learned so many things from him that, I mean, I'm sure I've forgotten a good bit of it, but it is, it was so much fun because working for him was not about like, okay, this is how you build a box. Now build 50 million of these, you know, right. like, so that we can build molds. It was like, this is how you look at a, at a, at a physical object. Like, cause we'd have to make molds of other things, you know, like of a piece of something mm-hmm. or we'd have to sculpt something and then make a mold of it. That's so, cool. um, he, he, he taught me and he, and he actually, uh, there's a long story associated with that. Maybe we'll talk about it some other time, but he taught me how to look at a piece and see all of the, um, the planes that cut uh. through it because you have to see the planes that cut through a piece of uh, artwork or whatever in order to mold it and be able to take the mold off. Right. That makes Um, sense. uh, Because it has to come apart in however many pieces. Right. um, But anyway, that job was so much fun. Um, But it was very physical. And 
it dealt with a lot of chemicals and um, I would watch him use the bandsaw to cut pieces. And whenever he concentrated, like <laughs> his head would shake a little bit or his hands oh, would wow. shake a little bit. And it's just because of like the contact, I mean, it, yeah. you know, and OSHA standards and all sorts of other safety procedures nowadays probably wouldn't have gotten me to that point when I'm 60 some years old. But at, yeah. at, the, t- at the time that he was 60 some years old, it kind of like shocked me into into the present where I'm like, Ooh, do I want to like take that risk with my body, with my nervous system? Right. Um, and then the same thing with uh, the working for the plant farm, I used to wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and my forearms would just be like on fire on the inside mm. from picking up plants all day long. Cause like, right. you, you don't pick a plant up with two, one plant with two hands. You pick up two plants with one hand and two plants with the other hand and, and you stack them like, you know, mm. um, there's like, a hundred to, to 150 plants on every cart and you have 40 Jeez. carts in your truck and That's you're going to seven or eight different stores dropping off plants. See, so yeah, anyway, I... that was it for me. It was like my wife would wake up and she'd like, you know, massage my forearms just to like, just like so go back to sleep. And, yeah. uh, and I just got to a point where I'm like, I was talking to her. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like not, I can't do this anymore, but I can't do this forever. Yeah. I'm going to fall apart. Like it's too soon. And she's like, you, you like computers? Like, cause I goof around with them all the time. She's like, you like computers. Why don't you just figure out how to do something with computers? Yeah. So boom, like not, not necessarily PHP for dummies, but um, <laughs> online, online courses and lots of books later, uh, yeah. you know, nine months later, I was a web developer working at a marketing agency actually. Yeah. It's, I do think a lot, there's a lot of developers in, in our it, like in our peer group, I'd say in terms of years of, of experience only got into software development due to working in a physical position somewhere and, and actually seeing things broken down into smaller parts and putting them back together and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. like I grew up, my, my dad, even though he was a contractor, he also was a mechanic for a decade before that. And so he had a little race car and stuff. And I'd be watching him build this race car from literally nothing but a metal frame mm-hmm. of an old car. And it was always kind of, I never really cared about the cars because it was so loud and I didn't like it, but the, the tech part was really cool. You know, and it's just cool to see something be built and put together and every tool on earth is out in the shop and like, ah, uh, I wish, I hope, I hope that when I have kids, they will have a shop on our property that they yeah. can go into and, you know, break things. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say about that. Totally. I, we, when we, when we had our house built, when we had this house built, I um, paid a little extra money and had them put a dedicated circuit right off the back of our house. Oh, nice. That way, if we, if we ever build like a shed or something out in the back, yeah. I can run, I can run its own, like, an extension cord out there basically yeah it would supply that shed with its own circuit of see we have that yeah we have the box it was yeah because the guy was the guy who had this house before us was going to put a hot tub in but oh, it was nice. a 1980 time it's a 1989 hot tub mm-hmm. <laughs> that is for indoor use only and has been outside in canadian winter for three <laughs> years apparently and i'm like i don't want to pay to have someone hook that up Mm-hmm. That just seems wasteful. <laughs> like, 
yeah. So no, it's it's definitely on my list of the many many things I want to do is get a good shop going again. I miss building mm. stuff with my hands, but I think, but you know, it, it's it's a trade off. I'd much rather write code all day because it's it fascinates me every single day. There's something that just kind yeah. of tickles my brain. Yeah, Amanda and I were talking about this um, not too like talking about a similar concept uh, a little while ago. She she's like, oh, she she always says like I, I read this headline because she mm. scrolls through things pretty fast when she's like yeah. with kids because she doesn't really who, who get doesn't? to delve <laughs> very deeply into things and. Um, She's like, oh, I just happened to skim by a um, an article like title the other day, and it was like, she goes, it was it basically said something about how not everybody thinks with with their own voice in their head, like not everybody talks to themselves in their yes. own head. Yes, and uh, and she's like, she's kind of talking about it a little bit, and I started getting like a more and more perplexed look on my face, <laughs> and she goes. I, she goes, I should have known you don't, you don't hear a voice in your head. Do you? I'm like, like my own voice. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. I'm like, no, I don't think in sentences. Like, I don't think, I don't think with, there's not like, I don't, I'm not saying what I'm thinking in my head. Really? Oh, see, and she's I'm... like, she goes, how, how do you think? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like, it's abstract. Like yeah. when I think of like, I, I think the, the thing I, I mentioned to her was like, um, like a, like a travel guide. If I thought of like a, a guy that was like a travel guide in my head, it would just like, if I went so far as to imagine someone, a generic version of that, it wouldn't yeah. be like my own voice in my head saying the travel guide is bubble, you know, like describing them. And I don't know, it wouldn't be like any of that. It would be mm. more of like an abstract picture that would come more and more into focus. And I'd see some generic dude with like a pith helmet, and like khaki clothes on or something. Um, that's interesting, but I don't think in words or sentences at all. And I just think in like abstract concepts, like that's all it is to me is that everything is just an abstract concept. Right. And we're, I was taught when I was talking to her, I'm like, maybe that's why like certain people are better at certain things than other people, you know, like, Oh, I think so. I wonder not better at, but like have a, have a, a proclivity to, um, to, to learn how to do specific things quicker, more quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I really love doing software architecture. I feel like software architecture, the feeling I get from software architecture is the same feeling I get from like mold fabrication design stuff mm -hmm. because it's like, you have to take a thing and turn it around and find all the like places that you have to, um, you know, uh, you have to, you have to manage sort of dissect or, the details yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then put it, put it all back together in a way. So yeah. anyway, I just thought it was no, very I, interesting. Yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense. I, I remember, I remember seeing that headline. I don't remember where probably on Twitter and I yeah. remember scrolling <laughs> through and I actually read the bulk of the article cause it was talking about, I think actually one of the Laravel guys posted a thing about that too, because mm -hmm. he was saying like, if you see a, when you think of a heart, do you see a red heart in your, in your mind's eye mm -hmm. and stuff? Like, and then it gets into this whole abstracty notion thing. And I'm, I was fascinated by this because it's like, when I see a red heart in my head, I see a clearly cut red heart. Mm -hmm. But what like, 
I'll sit here and I'll code and I talk to myself the whole day through. And a lot of times I'm talking like borderline out loud. Yeah. Like just one step shot. I'm sitting there going like, yeah, I had it here. Why would I have put it there? I would have moved it over to here. And then, and I, it's like a walk through because my head or my mind catches errors more when I walk through the process. It's like, well, there's missed a step. Like, yeah, it's that's really, that's really fascinating to me because I don't there. I think like something that I, that I find difficult in life is, and I think we talked about this a little bit in our, when we talked about isolation. Um, but, um, like I, I took last Monday off. It was my birthday. And, right. um, and so I was around people and I mean, they just happened to be my family, but I was around people for three days straight. And I'm not really used to that. Like I'm used to mm. sitting at my desk and staring at code and doing whatever else for the majority of my week um, and the majority of my day for the majority of my week. Right. And to me, like there's no language whatsoever. Like there's no talking going on in my head. There's no talking going on around me unless I'm having a meeting or something like that. But when I stare at code and I'm coding, I don't have, there's no, there's nothing like you couldn't put a microphone in my brain and hear what's going on mm. because it's all just like, I, I, do, I wouldn't even know how to describe it. There's no language associated well, with yeah. the actions that I'm doing. The funny thing is, is like that, that happens to me when I have, when, when I'm in that sort of proverbial zone. Yeah. You know I mean? when, when it, when it's down to like use the term rote routine, like, I'm just, I know what I have to do and how to do it. And I'm just doing it. I'm not mm-hmm. thinking, I'm just drag and drop and click and yeah. blah, 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 and typey type. And I don't think, think. But when it comes to like actually dissecting a problem, I talk to myself through the problem. I, I can't just sit there and visualize it. I have to, I will, I'll write entire user stories. I will rewrite user stories. I will, you know, I, if you could see my tabletop view right now, it's post-it notes. Oh no, I saw that picture you posted the other day in the channel and it was just like all those post-it notes. I was like, (gasps) yeah, you want, you want what those are? These are the post-it notes to refactoring an entire app user side of an app that I started three and a half years ago and wrote the whole thing with jQuery, just jQuery to the nines. Mm-hmm. And I've refactored the whole thing into view components. And it has been the most blissful experience being able to just go in, comment out everything. Mm-hmm. And I've got my staging environment. So it's like, I know what it's supposed to do. I know what the expected experience is. So how do I polish this up a little bit more? rip out old chunks of code, you know, clean mm-hmm. up all of my, you know, Ajax calls into a cleaner spaces and stuff. And, oh, it's been, it, it's, like, it's kind of euphoric. In that's a way. interesting to me too, because like I view writing anything down when I'm, when I'm like trying to redo, like do a refactoring. Yeah. I actually see writing anything down as something that slows me down. Because 
like when I like we were, we were talking about this uh, two days ago and uh-huh. um, like the whole idea of like uh, a file uh, tree or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, right. So like you have your file tree on the side that has all your files in it. And like, <laughs> so what I've, what I've like grown to do, I guess is just, and I, without even thinking about it, I like didn't do it on purpose or special right. for any special reason, but I'll actually take, um, files and the files are not files to me. They're like, a, a, they're like, like um, objects. They're, they're a piece, you know, like yeah. a puzzle piece, right? It's a, it's, I, I guess it's an object, but I don't want to like confuse that with like the whole object oriented programming yeah, 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 yeah. for like verbiage of an object because sometimes they're not objects, <laughs> but, um, but it's like a thing, right? And, yeah. and it's composed of pieces and I don't know, like what I, what I do in my mind is I just have all, I have this, it's not even a mind map. It's just like a mind visualization. Uh-huh. And in my head, as I'm going through and doing like a refactor, or I'm doing this or I'm doing that, each piece of each thing performs a function or an, or an action that is associated with it. And that becomes a part of my like mental model of like what the, oh. what the application does. And so what I do is I will like, like in my head, it's like I pull it out and I manipulate it and then I put it back in and right. And I will keep doing that or I'll pull something out and throw it away. And I, but I know that there's a hole there that needs to get filled with another right. piece that's the same size or performs the same, whatever, you know what I mean? So yeah. like I have this whole um, like architecture, uh, mental model in my head of like what everything does. And, and, I, and I've gotten to the point where like I, I have confidence in my ability because I know that I can know nothing about an application and I can just have a big blank space. And as I read through code, it just fills in with pieces. Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't have to like, I don't have to really know what they do in the grand scheme of things because I, I know how they can ha- like what their outlets are or what their messages are. You understand like, the relations between the right. parts, not necessarily the distinctive function off, off the, you know, right away, but you'll right. know that, you know, it's, it's theoretical inter- relationships. It's, yeah. The theoretical yeah. interconnected relationships of, yeah, yeah I, I hear where you're, yeah, I get that. I, I mean, I don't rare, I rarely get the opportunity to do big refactoring of something or at least, yeah. you know, more often than not, it's feature, 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 right, feature. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like this particular project that I've been working on, like, just being able to go back and look at things, even I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, we had a, we had a table in it that was called cast lists and very clearly this was to connect, you know, actors to a project and my brain hit a, hit a snag. And this was just last night actually, where I said, well, if I've got actors in it and I know I'm going to have to have directors and writers in it, why don't I just take the cast list and rename it to positions mm-hmm. and then refactor all this code to now be positions in a project because then I can reuse all that good code that I've already written. But I walked myself through that so many times and then looked up so many synonyms for like position or troop or group or collection yeah. or entourage <laughs> or every word I could come up with. Cause I'm like, nothing felt right 
Mm-hmm. And then I just gave up and said, position, I don't care. I'm done. Like I couldn't <laughs> stare at that anymore. That's funny. And yet I had a full post-it note of all the different parts that had to happen. And sometimes I'll even write out my own like little uh, like to-do lists, but just in markdown form in a, in a notes fold or a notes file. And I actually mm-hmm. now, I have to, in almost all projects I work on, keep a notes file of all the crap that I need to try and remember and I won't. Yeah. And I think now that part of me for the writing everything down, I get where you're coming from when you said that you, you think like it's, it's senseless to write down what you're about to write down anyway in code format. And I agree 95% of the way, the catch is that, so when I, when I had the, the brain surgery and stuff, I had real issues with memory. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ta- like one of the strategies that I was taught by my occupational therapist and stuff, and this was back in high school, they were like, write down everything, write it all down, write, 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 write. And so I like, mm-hmm. I have a journal that I write in regularly and I write down notes galore. Cause it's like, but then I have to spend like four days every so often purging notes and be mm-hmm. like, this is garbage. This is garbage. This is garbage. Cause it's, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say I never take notes. I do. Um, I definitely have notes um, that I take for for. But I, I find that the notes that I take are bits of information. It's like an API key, you know, or mm. it's um, a list of um, higher level items that I can't keep, that I can't lose track of. You know, like sometimes you go through like your list of higher order items and like the first two items you remember, but the third item you don't because you got so yeah. in the weeds with part one and part two that you forgot about part three completely. Um, yeah. so I, I make sure to keep track of like all my higher level items that way just to make sure that I don't forget. Um, I actually used to have a whiteboard that sat on my, on my wall, which I need to put back up. But, uh, um, yeah, I go on over there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do that just to like have it visually somewhere, in my vicinity so that I could yeah. just you know, jot things down. Um, but, but yeah, like um, I kind of want to get back cause we were talking about this and um, uh, I wanted to get back to um, the whole file explorer thing. Yeah. This, because this I think that that's such a, yeah, like a, an interesting topic because I never thought um, that I would, um, be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like be that guy that didn't use a file explorer. Like I always was like, how do you not like just have a list of files over there? Like, cause that was my mental map of everything. That was my, you know, that was my mental map of all the stuff yeah. that I needed. And, um, after like I switched away from, PHP storm and went to VS code for a little while that lasted two days. Um, <laughs> and then I just was like, you know what, if I'm going to learn a whole new thing, I'm going to go to Vim. And right. I think I mentioned this before. And now that I use Vim, uh, I didn't like any of the file explorer options like nerd tree or anything like that. Um, mm. So I just like tried to look up what's native to Vim, which is the um, gosh, what's it called? Uh, like the RT something, something, something. It's like these sure. five letters that it, that are uh, what it is. Anyway, 
um, you press the dash key and it goes up into your files. And oh, I, okay. I rarely use it, um, mostly because uh, there's a plugin called Control P for Vim that acts like Control P. But I actually don't use that because um, a buddy of mine who also uses Vim um, put me on to uh, FZF, um, which is a fuzzy finder. Oh, and okay. fuzzy finder has like several ways that you can find files. And one of them is by using a C tags file that will um, like actually index all of your classes. And then you can just right. open up your classes based on, um, you know, so I have it mapped to control P actually. Right. Like type control P and it comes into FZF and then I type out what I want and it just gives me the file back that I need. Um, yeah. But then it had then it also has other ways that it plugs into. There's this other search tool called the Silver Searcher, and um, that anyway, cool. that's what I use to do like fuzzy searches inside of files. Um, mm. So it's like so like the Silver Searcher under the under the hood kind of does like a grep on all your files in right. uh, in your current directory recursively, um, and it excludes certain. You can like anyway anyway. So that's kind of led me into this mindset of like, I don't even look at a file explorer anymore uh, unless I know there's a specific file I need to use or I need to find like a right. .env or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I just tend to like go, okay, I need to find this particular word or phrase or method. And once I find it with the silver searcher, then I will know what file it's in or what class it belongs to. And I can go to the right. class, you know what I mean? And so I'm no yeah. longer concerned with um, the file finder or the file explorer, aside from like, if I have to create a file, uh, a new, a new PHP class or something, I'll have to create the file and I'll have to like explore into like the, whatever we're using for architecture as far as like DDD or whatever. And yeah. Then and then like where, there, but, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the convention of the project and stuff like that. Correct. I, I can honestly, I can relate to that to a large degree. I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, there's a couple projects where I very rarely scroll around through the actual file explorer. Yeah. And in the last, in, in fact, actually, since you mentioned, mentioned to me that, um, that you're no longer using it. I actually tried turning a feature off in the file yeah. explorer in VS code, not to hide it, but to not make it, jump to the directory I was I like the file I'm working on is in and right. so as a consequence of that I have found it it's just nicer but I also tend to only like I keep I, I like it open and, and and I'll go back to this project where I'm doing this big refactoring on it's been very handy having that sidebar there we're looking at it where i'm like these things are project components these are position components these are you know x components right and i want to maneuver between them or if i'm suddenly now passing a new uh piece of data through the chain of components yeah i want to go back around and it mm -hmm. and it is significantly faster to have that little list right there i can just quickly click on it because i know that's got to go yeah. there to here to here that being said, I use command P all the freaking time. Yeah. Uh, and if not that, I actually have one set for command E in uh, VS code, which will do a general look through methods. 
yeah. in uh, PHP yeah, classes. Yeah, it's, like it's like a symbol search. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the closest I could find to like some uh, uh, sublime texts methods. Yeah. It's not as good, but it's not bad. And yeah. <laughs> honestly, VS Code, I live in... That's like the tagline for VS Code. Yeah. It's, it's not great, but it's, it's not bad. It's, it's close. It's so <laughs> close. And it was funny because I was actually looking up like, I was tinkering more and more with the, side, with the sidebar and the file explorer again too the other day because I was like, I wonder if I could make it less big because it was actually something that bothers me when it, when it ends up being like the, the tree zig, like, zigzags out so far because mm -hmm. you've got like 12 directories deep. Yeah. <laughs> and that drove, that drives me insane. Cause like, I hate having to scroll around in this dumb thing. Right. For that reason. So I tried compressing them into roughly like a single straight uh, vertical. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, that's equally <clears throat> gut wrenching to try and see clearly. So I wonder if VS Code, and this is what this is. Uh, I wonder this because I would challenge you. Um, I wonder if VS, because I know in PHP Storm they had a they had different file explorer view uh, contexts. So if you could do like project, which wouldn't be like all your files, it would just be the the files that you've designated as actual project files. So you right. can exclude things like the node modules and the vendor. Oh, you folder. can do that. Yeah, yeah. But I... but they had an option. It was like only only open files or something like that so it would um, only show you your open files but it would show you like the directories that they're in sort of uh yeah yeah and well i have that right now i would check like because so this is this is how i do what you're talking about where you have to like weave a path of message oh, through so you keep all those files open i call i the in in vim like they actually make the distinction between a file and a buffer so normally, like you would say, like, oh, I've got all these files open, but they're not really actually files. They're buffers to a file. Right. Um, so in Vim, like I have all my buffers uh, in, in, as tabs. Right. But then I also have a shortcut where if I, if I type greater, the greater than symbol, mm -hmm. it shows me all of my buffers, you know, like a pop up window. Right. Ah. So I can navigate between all my buffers if I to whatever I need. So what I've started doing is putting uh, I. I like I lay out my plan of what I need to do and I create whatever files I need to create. And then I open all my buffers that I need. Right. And then I just, I, I move between them and that becomes like, I guess that sort of becomes my file explorer because like it's just a bunch of tabs at the top. Not that I really pay attention to those at all anymore, but yeah. Um, but it's like, it's almost more of like a title card so that I know yeah. like this file is the right file. Um, you know, like for instance, if you had like a file.php class, but you had one that existed in like one namespace and also the same exact file name that existed in a different namespace, you'd know. Like, yeah. You have the buffer tab up there to let you know which one you're in. But anyway. Yeah, no, no, no. That makes sense. I mean, they technically have that in VS Code too. They have like the right. open editors section right. and they actually yeah. have the file exploring section. Mm -hmm. ah, I'm. <laughs> I I don't I don't know man I yeah, I, man. I just would say like try it out for like an hour you know like yeah, see how see yeah. how it feels um yeah I, I you know I 
I, I'm a big proponent of everybody should do what they feel comfortable doing when they develop because right. only you know like the perfect workflow for you that makes exactly. you efficient and good at what you do and pay attention to all the right details. Um, but sometimes it's cool, like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes it's cool for me to get out of my own head. I think that's part of the reason why I switched oh, yeah. over to Vim, which is to get out of my own head with PHP Storm. There's still, there are things that I actually do miss about PHP Storm um, functionality that I think is really nice. Um, oh, I mean, but at the same of, time, I, I don't know. It was the same deal for me with VS code. Like I thought sublime would be my career long tool. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was like, there's literally no reason to not use this until I found reasons to not use it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you don't know what you don't know until you know it, it. Well, that's just it. Right. And gosh, I mean like our industry has changed so much in the past seven years, even Oh yeah. I I remember when everybody was on the jQuery train and now it's it's like yeah. now they're coming out with a view documentary. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, I want to watch JS documentary. I'm very excited to watch that. Um, I was unexcited about it and then I watched the trailer and now I'm a, I'm a little excited about it. They've actually got the same company did one on Ember.js and another I one. Saw, I saw I saw on, on um they have another one coming out on, uh, um, gosh, what was it? I like I was watching the the trailer for Vue.js, and in the sidebar it popped up. It was like um, it wasn't Angular. I think it was um, what is it? What's Facebook's? Oh my uh, gosh! Uh, doesn't it start with an E? An A? An E? It's an S. What, no, what's what's Facebook's no. um, uh, JavaScript framework? I I, I can't. Yeah. Believe I, I know. <laughs> I can't think of it. Right. That's, like, yeah, it's like it's like when somebody like asks you what your name is, and you're like, uh. <laughs> Wait, I, I knew it a second ago. It's or is it an A? Mm, I think it's an E. Uh, I'm gonna challenge my brain to recall this right now. Um, oh, they have one coming out on Elixir, a documentary coming out on Elixir. Um, that's, that's the one that, uh, Facebook's JS framework. React. It's an R. We're both wrong. R. I was close. R S R. Yeah. Ooh, you're yeah, you're closer than I was. I, I was saying alphabetically e. closer. Alphabetically, you're closer. In so much as we <laughs> not close say at the all, alphabet. And I have no idea. <laughs> in so much as we say the alphabet in a specific order that it doesn't actually have to be in. Of course. Um, yeah. No. That's react the, that's, is... that's our mind blowing end to the episode. Yes. Yeah. You don't actually have to say your ABCs starting with A and ending with Z. Ooh, Ooh, I got I like you. that. That was a good touch. Uh, you could start with P and you could end with M and as long as you can say them all. That's true. Although, oddly enough, I have to repeat the whole thing quite often to remember yeah. which one goes where. Hmm. Yeah. See, that's part of that visualizing that your brain is doing. Yeah. My brain has to hear them all in a row to go, oh, yeah, okay, and it goes there. Yeah, I, I actually, That's actually do, that would be a good test. 
that's a good test to post on social media. I do stupid brain tests like that on myself though, where I like, I put a number underneath every single one of the letters of the alphabet. And then I Whoa. pick a letter and I try to just immediately recall what number it is. Like I, I was going to say, I was going to say T is like 18. Is it? But it, I don't know. Never I challenged guessing. myself with T. I was totally randomly guessing. It's actually 20. I'm not that bad then. No, not that bad. Not but that it's, bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. No, <laughs> that's adequate. <laughs> I guess I don't. <laughs> I should clearly it's, retire it's, from being a developer. Hey, I'm not smart you're, enough. Now. You're the you're the VS code of <laughs> figuring out what number a specific letter is in yes. the alphabet deep. You, I'm you're, pretty you're good. Not, you're not but great. I'm not great. But you're pretty good. I can get pretty darn close to what you want, but yeah. it'll and, be and, and on that off. note. Let's uh, we'll, we'll call it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good call. So <laughs> Maddie Lance, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Maddie Lance or on GitHub at M Lance or on the internet at Matt Lance. That's L A N T Z. Cause I haven't explained that yet. Mm. There you go. Yes. Oh, dot CA. Yeah. I'm weird. CA. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was, I was like. If I just go to Matt Lance, I can just like, it just, that'd be so racks. cool. It's like an, it's like a dot onion. No, I'm just yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can find me at underscore, underscore, no chill. The O is a zero. Good luck with that. Don't <laughs> me. Um, I am also uh, on GitHub at PD Devons. Um, I do not do anything fun there. <laughs> um, uh, it's all, well, it's all not work. publicly fun. No, no, there's no public fun there. It's all work. Yeah. It's um, private fun. It's private fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I do have a website, but you can't have it. <laughs> I don't want anybody to know about it. I don't want to be, I want to remain almost famous for the rest of my life. Ooh. Well, um, so, well, as always, thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure thank to you. get to chat with you and uh, just Definitely. sort of be BS about some some fun uh, development stuff. And that was a good coverage of some topics there. Yeah, 